0: Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's bi weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. As a reminder, we have now split this podcast into two episodes per week. The Tuesday show that you are listening to right now will do our news of the week and our restaurant of the week. And then on Thursday, I will be back with an interview with Alex A. Young of Fat Eatery. So without further ado, let me introduce my co host this week. She's the owner of Avondale Food and Wine. Mary Clarkson, welcome back to the show. How are you?
1: I'm great, Eric. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me this July 4th week.
0: Yes, happy Independence Day to everyone that's listening. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, Chris Shepard, as discussed on last week's episode, is working on a new TV show called Eat Like a Local that will air every Saturday beginning September 16th on KPRC Channel 2. It's going to be a look at different aspects of our food culture. He's going to visit restaurants and farms and producers and, and all kinds of stuff to kind of get people behind the scenes of what makes the food scene in Houston run. So, Mary, let me just throw it to you. What do you, what do you think about this idea of filming a local TV show that highlights the Houston food scene?
1: I like the idea that we'll have something that highlights our, our Houston food scene. I think i th- it'll be really well received if it branches out as much as possible and covers restaurants that are outside the city center
0: yeah no i I think that's right, and I think I you know Chris has always been really good about kind of doing this right that you used to go to underbelly and you would leave with a pamphlet of recommended restaurants in Chinatown and on Hillcroft and and on Long Point like thank you for coming, but before you come back to us, try at least one of these places. So I have no doubt that he will get us outside the loop into all of the various neighborhoods and places where you find interesting food.
1: Yeah, I think he's done a good job of that in the past. I know Southern Smoke, I remember when they used to do, you know, people could pay to go on a bus tour with him and go to Chinatown. Now, you know, since the last time... He's done that. We have a whole new second Chinatown out by Highway 99. I I've, haven't spent enough time out there, but I've been out there a handful of times and really enjoyed my visits to places like Tim Ho Wan and everything that's in and around there. So I think he's got a lot of ground to cover. And I think the further he goes out, I think the more representative it'll be of our city.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I I like that, you know, he mentioned on the show last week that he's going like into the Bay, right? Into East Bay to check out what Barrier Beauties is doing to cultivate murder point style oysters in Texas waters. He told me that he's going to go to Louisiana to go to a crawfish farm to see how crawfish are harvested and then go back after crawfish season to see how the same area is used for rice cultivation so that the land is is in you know constant production and ecological balance. So he's got a really curious mind and, and a passion for food. And so I, I think that with the support of Channel 2, I, I think this is actually going to be a really fun watch.
1: I do, too. I'm looking forward to watching it.
0: So do you have like what what is the one place that you would recommend to Chris that he go?
1: I mean in terms of individual restaurants I, I there's like too many to list the place I'm most excited about right now is is the new Chinatown out on Highway 99 I would like to see him explore individual suburbs as well you know all the way down to Galveston all the way up north of the Woodlands and kind of take that circumference all around the city we're growing so fast our population's the most diverse in the country so I really want to see outlying areas, um, even in kind of these small towns that are outlying the main areas as well.
0: Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to top number two. Bel Air restaurant Dandelion Cafe defeated the Breakfast Club on Good Morning America. And then its owners, Chef JC Ricks and Sarah Lieberman, went on to the finals in New York where they lost to a pastrami breakfast sandwich from Philadelphia. But let's let's focus on the positive uh that their chicken and waffles beat the breakfast club which has a line out the door every day for their version of chicken and waffles i thought thought that was pretty impressive for dandelion cafe and so i went to dandelion and had it and met chef jc and he told me that he invented the recipe three weeks ago when good morning america called them and asked them to make chicken and waffles on television so i i i just thought that was sort of astonishing and and Full credit to, to the team at Dandelion for pulling that off.
1: Yeah, I think it's wild that the restaurant can be selected to compete in a competition like this and it wasn't even a mainstay of their menu, especially going up against somebody like the Breakfast Club. Um, kudos to them for bringing Crest to Houston. And I'm curious to see if they'll stick with having this item on their menu or if it's just for the short haul. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I I don't know because he said that they don't have like a full-size deep fryer at the restaurant. It's not There's not room for one in the kitchen. So they've been using kind of a, a tabletop fryer and trying to kind of limit the quantity of, you know, the number of orders that they prepare and serve every day. So I, I don't know. Like if they had won in the finals in New York, then I think they would be stuck with serving this forever, right? Because now you're the chicken and waffle place. Uh, But I I do think they should probably keep it going for at least, you know, a couple of weeks until some of the hype dies down, because, you know, you might as well, you know, get them in the door for chicken and waffles and then sell them on your regular menu and the, you know, the egg dishes and the panini and all the other stuff that they they've been doing since uh, 2016.
1: Yeah, I think if they can offer this for as long as they can, that's a good way to capture new uh, clientele. and draw more attention to their restaurant, which is exciting for a small business like this.
0: Right. Speaking of speaking of drawing new attention, it's it's kind of a poorly kept secret or or maybe it just it hasn't been officially announced, but they're they're working on a new location in the Heights. Uh what what do you think about Dandelion Cafe heading north?
1: I think the Heights is one of the fastest growing Uh, markets for new concepts in houston it's crazy to me the amount of density that's come online in the past few years with a lot more to come and um i think it's a, a a good location there's a lot of other concepts that are about ready to pop up on white oak some of them have been publicly announced some of them haven't and yeah this is the hot spot of houston
0: yeah no i'll i'll be excited to see them uh pull this off you know they they hired uh Jeff Buer, who was kind of Chris Shepard's like right guy for right hand guy for hospitality at Catalan and then Underbelly and Georgia James and all that. So he's he's left Underbelly Hospitality. he's working for Dandelion Cafe. And I, I really like that someone with so much experience and, and such a great network and personality is going to be kind of working with uh, Chef JC and, and Sarah to, to get that place off the ground.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for any, you know, it's curious to me when restaurants grow beyond their initial concept into others and how they choose to do that i think they've lined up a smart team to do so
0: you just set me up perfectly for topic number three speaking of setting up setting yourself up for growth and doing things the right way scott Soma, the former general manager of tony's and uh an area director for atlas restaurant group which is marmo and lock bar has left that company to launch May I Speak Hospitality Consulting. Mary, you obviously have known Scott for a long time. Your your business partner, Chef Olivier, uh, worked at Tony's before you guys opened La Olivier, which evolved into Avondale Food and Wine. So let me just ask you, I mean, who? What, what sort of client would you recommend? Talk to Scott about this new venture of his.
1: So my first question is to you, is he consulting on... You know, kind of like how one of my former GMs, Sebastian Laval, is consulting. Is it helping to open concepts and get them through their you know initial opening period and whatnot? Or is it more of finding restaurant locations? Because I have different opinions about both.
0: Well, I, I'm going to say, I think his preference, based on our conversation, is to get in early in the process, site selection, construction management, and then, kind of, you know, training materials and get you maybe to opening or just past opening.
1: Got it. So, I, there's a lot. I would say, I think he has the experience to be very valid in doing this. I would also say the field is rife with competition of kind of a younger generation of people that are doing this. People like Sebastian. Um, so, there's a lot of consulting clients out there or consult consultants searching for all of these same consulting clients, whether it be on the beverage tip or on the front of the house or back of the house. So he's really going to have to set himself apart. Uh, you know, he worked for Tony Ballone for a long time. That's a lot of experience, but there's not a lot of concepts like that around anymore. He also worked with Marmo and I did. I, the group behind that, I do think there's a lot of out of town and out of state, Operators coming to Houston, and I think that's where he would be um, best served, probably.
0: Right. No, I I agree with you. I I think his ideal clients are people like Atlas, out of town restaurant groups that are looking to establish a presence in Houston, and are primarily interested in opening in these big mixed use developments like River Oaks District, uh, where Lock Bar is, like the Montrose Collective, where Marmo is and they need some, you know, a Sherpa who can kind of guide them through local regulations, vendor relationships, picking the right contractor, the right interior designer, all, of, all of those things. And, and, you know, because the, the counter example is, you know, they opened Valones in, in gateway Memorial city, you know, this luxury steakhouse and at, at, at a time when maybe that, that development wasn't quite ready for prime time at, As opposed to Reverse District and the Montrose Collective that have been, you know, really busy basically since the first places opened their doors. So kind of knowing Houston well enough to say to an out-of-towner like, you know, here, like open here, not there, you know, this is a good deal. This is a good developer. They have a good reputation. I I think that's where Scott brings a lot of experience and, and that that's who I imagine he's probably going to be working with.
1: Yeah, I think as long as he sticks to the consulting on front of the house and, and staffing side of it, um, I think he'll do well. There's so many commercial real estate people that are very experienced in restaurant location and stuff like that. So I think it'll be hard for him to compete with that kind of group of people. But he's got a lot of experience. It's valid. And, you know, if he works his book of contacts, which he's got a lot of, I think he'll do great.
0: Absolutely. All right. Mary, I'm going to say that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. (music) Mary, for our restaurant of the week, I want to talk to you about Elro Pizza and Crudo. This is Chef Terrence Galavan's new restaurant, uh, right on the border of Montrose and Midtown. I, I, I struggle with what you, that they, it's kind of that no man's land east of Taft and west of Bagby on right off of uh, Chum. I believe is how you how you say the word T U A M. So I will call it we'll call it Montrose Midtown for the purposes of this conversation. It is led by Chef Terrence Galavan, who we know from his time at The Pass and Provisions. Uh, Mary, let me throw it to you. What did you think about your meal at Elro Pizza and Crudo?
1: I think this is going to be the sleeper hit restaurant of 2023. I, It's a lot of people have been waiting for this restaurant to come online for a while. I know Chef Terrence has for sure. It offers a lot of charm that a lot of the new restaurants you and I go to lack. Uh, it's in an old house. It's feels right i wish the temperatures were uh cooler outside so use of his really beautiful patio uh could be made more effective but we'll get there here in a couple months he basically doubles his imprint uh with the patio space as well as the inside and he has assembled a team of pros uh in this restaurant he has patrick worked with him at and provisions As the lead bartender, he was formerly at Le Colombe d'Or. He could not be a nicer bartender, just like a consummate professional, making great cocktails, always welcoming you. He's hired a bunch of people in the kitchen that used to work with him. Also at and Provisions, you've got some Rosie's alumni in there. Um, So a bunch of other Montrose restaurants uh, that have employees that have gravitated Towards him. And I think he's done really well to maintain contact with a lot of these people. And at first, I was kind of a little puzzled by the concept of pizza and crudo and seafood. But after trying it, it makes sense. And the quality of the ingredients and the preparation, I'm, I will, this will be a a restaurant I think both you and I will be at often.
0: Yeah. Let me, let me sort of build on some of the things you said because it is not obvious that pizza and crudo are two great tastes that taste great together but i think what it really means is is that there's really sort of two distinct experiences that you can have or you know you can you can go and you know it's it's very bar focused and it's it's seating it's it's especially inside it's it's
1: when it's hot as shit outside crudo sounds real good
0: that's right it's but it's (laughs) but it's very but it's a very intimate Space. I think he only has like 35 seats inside, you know, between the bar and the tables. And so if you want to pop in for a a fun glass of wine or a bottle of wine from the wine list and a couple of crudos and kind of make a happy hour out of it, you can very easily do that. If you want to have a meal and lean into like the chicken salt and boca sausage and the scormorza arancini and a couple of pizzas, you can do that. Or you could do what I did when I went and order broadly across you know all the categories and stick around for maraschino cherry soft serve with magic cell for dessert and have soft like a serve real, is
1: amazing. That's
0: the soft <laughs> serve is killer. Uh one of the better new restaurant desserts I've I've had in a minute. Uh, Can I have an old
1: fashioned shot with it.
0: I oh see now that sounds like fun. <laughs> I could I could see that. Uh,
1: you know, I I like I like
0: that this restaurant has a you know it's got a sense of style i I love the wallpaper i love how kind of simple and clean the look is i like that it has a little bit of a sense of humor you mentioned patrick doherty the bar manager all of the cocktails are named after bruce springsteen songs i i don't know why that is but i just think that's kind of like of all the random things to name cocktails after why not bruce you know bruce
1: deserves it don't hate on bruce (laughs)
0: <laughs> and 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 the food was really and the food is really tasty. I mean, I, I think he's got a real winner. Give me a fried rice ball, you know. I'm a, I'm a sucker for an arancini. Thought that smoked campachi crudo with the pumpkin seeds was a real winner. Less persuaded by the salmon with apples and celery. I don't, that didn't that didn't quite land for me, but but the oysters with the mignonette, total winner. Uh, mortadella pizza with pistachio pesto, really enjoyed it. Crispy crust. Good dough, like good, good flavor. I, I just think there's there's a whole lot to like about this restaurant right now.
1: It's it's going to be a very popular restaurant for a lot of reasons. Uh, the location is great, and kind of the idea that he's open for continuous service. My understanding is that they open at noon and they don't close. So being able to pop in there at two or three or four o'clock uh, is a nice. Nice thing, a lot of restaurants, you know, closed down during that interim period between lunch and dinner, and I know that the menu is only going to expand. So if this is the early preview of it, all the flavors are there, the quality of ingredients is there. I love the open kitchen, Um, and I'm I'm a sucker for concepts and intimate spaces. So this house feel is great. I don't know if you know this, but there's a house next door to this that's under construction that's going to be his wine shop uh i believe in wine bar i i don't know if i'm not 100 that there's a bar there but they're definitely doing wine retail there and they hope that that's going to be open in the fall i you know frequently miss my wine shop and still plotting for the future but i'm very happy to have someone like this come and do retail in montrose that's in a very approachable way i think a lot of spots in Montrose aren't so approachable. So, um, well,
0: and, and Terrence is picking the wine list. So just say something about what it is, because I, I felt like there were good choices and, and reasonable prices. I think I think I paid, you know, 50, 60 bucks for the bottle of Vermentino or whatever it was that, that we were drinking.
1: I think his pricing for on-premise is right. I mean, you know, if people want to go highbrow and go spend a bunch of money, there's tons of places you can do that but if you're gonna have a concept like this that's casual and you want people to come back time and time again and feel like they're getting some value then you need to price accordingly so i don't think i'm trying to think i don't think any of his options were over 75 you know there's one there's there's maybe
0: one or two like yeah everything's under 100
1: And the sweet spot for me on that list is kind of in the 55 to 75 uh, region. I mean, it's pizza, y'all. So, like, most people don't want a super, super expensive bottle. They've got a bottle of Barolo that's 99 bucks, the Giacomo Finocchio, and that's delicious. But, yeah, you don't have to spend a ton of money here. You also have beer, you also have cocktails, and you also have after-dinner drinks that are uh, thoughtful he's got Amari on the list which I thought was a nice touch um, you know having a nice Montenegro or Nonino is a good choice so I think the pricing's right if you go to Highbrow then people will come and check your box once but they're not going to have it in their regular rotation so uh, smart on the pricing I'm looking forward to seeing a more expansive list I know they don't have a lot of storage here right now so we might have to wait uh, until the one shop opens, but very excited to have this in the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that. And, and, you know, I, I had kind of a, you know, I had, I had a, a wide ranging dinner there where we we tried a bunch of stuff, as I mentioned. And um, but I, but I'm with you. I mean, I like that it's open for lunch. Uh, I like that it's open late. I, I can easily, you know, as, as Felice likes to say, I am a pizza guy and I like trying all the new pizzeria options. This is a slightly fancier pizza, right? Like this is more about, you know, an individual sized pie that you probably, I mean, two people could split a couple of them, I think would kind of be the move. Uh, it depends
1: but, which ones, because some of them are, are wonderful, but they're rich. Right. But yes, right. two people could split a lighter one and a heavier one.
0: Right. I think, I think that's kind of the move. And, and again, it just depends. Like if you get a bunch of the, the appetizers, maybe you only want. One pizza, depending on your mood, but I, I think the, you know, I would say one or two crudos, one small plate and a couple of pizzas uh, and a bottle of wine would be a really nice dinner at Elro and it'll run you, it'll run you probably, you know, 100, 125, kind of that kind of ballpark, which these days for for the quality of what you're getting, I think is pretty reasonable.
1: His pizzas are priced right. They're 19 to 24 bucks. Most of them are 19, 21, 22. And I don't know about you, but I've looked around. (laughs) Everything is so much more expensive than it used to be. And I sound like I'm not bitching. It's just an acknowledgement of our new reality. But seeing pizzas around town for 30 bucks, I'm like, are you kidding me? In some circumstances. So I like that he's kept his pricing affordable, affordable, and the size of his pizza isn't isn't tiny right it's not huge but it's like it's a fair amount for a fair price and that's all you can ask for
0: yeah i i think that's right i mean if you look at kind of the the neapolitan pies at pizarro's which is not far from there they're all in that 20 plus range they're a little bit larger but they're still kind of a personal size and so oro's pricing i think is competitive quality of ingredients is good like i said the dough tasted good it was it was nicely crispy on the bottom so You know, I think there's a lot to like here, and and I definitely look forward to my next meal there.
1: Me too. I'm very excited to have this be a regular spot.
0: All right. Mary, I'm going to say that does it for our restaurant of the week. Thank you very much.
1: Wait, you're not going to compare to Angela's?
0: (laughs) Oh, I didn't know if you would want to. All Uh, right. Yes. No, we can do that. Mary, many (laughs) times on this show, you have said that Angie's Pizza is the best pizza in Houston. So Yes. Anywhere, so 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 how does it compare for you to Elro?
1: Okay, so uh will your brain me is gonna like definitely like it's gonna be a caveat. So when Angelo had the wood fired grill that he had made for him and he brought down here from LA, that is the best pizza in Houston. My understanding is that oven is no longer, so I don't necessarily think it's the best without an oven like that but when he right, opens the, the on angie's
0: whole... pizzas that he's serving at how to survive uh, how to survive right now are not made in that oven so it's a different yes. it's a different and it's a different style it's it's not that kind of neo Neapolitan. it's a, it's a bigger new york style slice it's a different yeah
1: which there's no shame in pizza. that game no they're that's good just, i've had it it's good that's just not my personal cup of tea
0: mary i'm gonna say that that <clears throat> does it for the restaurants of the week Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome.
0: And that does it for this episode of What's Eric Eating? Come back Thursday when my guest will be Alex Ayong of Fat Eater.